Welcome to No Cartridge Audio. My name is Trevor Strunk, Hagelbont on Twitter, and I have back with me a fan favorite, someone who has been requested on again, uh, you know, many times, and who I was lucky enough to get back, uh, Mr. Leon Chang. Leon, welcome to the show. Hey, glad to glad to be back. Yeah, I feel like I feel like a lot of people missed your last episode because it was patron only. I mean, like the the diehards got it, which is like really yeah, yeah, the important thing. I mean, that's 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 who we're catering to, right? Yeah, that's correct. That's absolutely yeah. correct. They are the important <laughs> members of the audience. Um, but but uh, it, it, I mean, the time before that was was quite a while ago. It was uh, at least one internet hiatus for both of us ago. So yeah. I feel like I feel like it's 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 been a while since you've been on, but it is it is a pleasure to have you back. Um, what have you been up to these days? Anything? Anything uh, good? What have What have I been up to? So I guess this year has been. I feel like I'm becoming more manic and insane online. Okay, nice. In, in like I just become more obsessive. Uh, I like recently. I guess. Well, I guess not recently. Maybe since like May or so. Um, I've just been finding like one topic, and then just driving it into the ground as much as possible. People have been doing the thing that I always like, I always think is funny where like the, it'll be people who clearly don't know you that well, but who will just like tweet Leon, are you okay? Are you actually having a breakdown? <laughs> at Like every one of your tweets, which is yeah, always a sign yeah. you're doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I obviously like, I think it's partly just a reaction to the world, just cynically getting chittier. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, that's 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 been my like online journey. Offline, I, I've been doing okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's the important thing. I feel like if yeah. you're if you're um, like if you're manic online and not and like pretty normal offline, that's that's kind of living the dream. Yeah. I also I also think that you know if I can, I I think I feel like I can be particularly cynical about the world, but then if my personal life is doing okay then then i think i'll be fine yeah no that's fair it's it's hard to compartmentalize stuff like that but i, I think like maybe one of the the great problems of the internet that we have now is that it is like actually impossible to compartmentalize anything anymore um well i think we actually thought this is going to go a little again obsessive and divergent or whatever but i think please. we talked about this last time where uh we basically talked about the sort of verticalization or or homogenization of the internet as, yeah. as a whole, like the infrastructure, and um, how uh, basically now we everyone posts on five sites, everyone is <laughs> on the same, lumped into the same arena where if you say something stupid or shitty, it's now magnified to everyone in the world. It right. used to be like, you know, maybe you got called out on your forum, or there'd be like one or two guys that were annoying on your, you know, Diablo 2 forum that you used to post on, but now it's like, there's shitty people everywhere and they're magnified all the time. That yeah. And I guess that's like, the difference of like losing six friends as opposed to losing like everyone, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So now, um, now like basically everyone's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. And it just kind of sucks. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and I think, you know, like I see people sometimes and I mean, they're, they're people I'm, I'm friends with, too. I'm not trying to cast aspersions. I, 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 you know, I'm sure I did this, too. when I was like, I'm, I and when I say I'm sure, I mean, I, I definitely did do this, too. But like, you know, I see people getting like really, really worked up over like who retweeted their post or like if they're going to go viral or who faved it or something. And it, it's like it's always strange to me because it's like it, it feels feels like that is that is a weird parasitic uh, part of Twitter that should not be encouraged. Yeah, and also like part of it is is sort of like with the idea that um, now that we're posting on these like few different sites and they're all owned by these giant mega corporations, <laughs> we sure. sort of we sort of lose this idea of, of internet anonymity as well. So you know, like the, what you were talking about before about compartmentalizing, you know, different parts of of your online experience, like that's sort of more difficult now because like everyone seems like they're forced to have a public online facing persona yeah. uh, as opposed to, to before where you could like, you know, visit a hundred different sites and be different on each one of them. But now it's like everyone has like their, you know, their, their one account. Yeah, every, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's funny. Cause like, I remember 
a couple years ago, Twitter was saying like, oh, yeah, you know, what's going to happen is uh, to cut down on harassment. We're going to make people if they want to get the blue check mark, they have to use their real name. And everyone was like, ah, oh, this is terrible. This is going to ruin the site. Like, yeah. And and everyone like at this point just kind of does it. Like it's, we've sort of yeah, like in yeah. the in the in the very like Gramscian sense, we've just kind of like con- conced- conceded it and accepted it. Um, it's very weird. Like it's just it's a it's a strange it's a strange time to be online. Yes. Um, but I, I will say uh, I have enjoyed your current obsession with um, Armor Theory because it um, <laughs> it seems to have made people like have fun like they used to. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, like the, my last few uh, obsessions, I don't know, just like, it's just like, I like finding these like, I mean, it's not a particularly esoteric topic or anything, uh, no. but uh, just like finding these, these, you know, fun things to just dive into, you know, just sort of obsess about has been uh, pretty fun. It was swords before that and then um, feeding pellets, yeah, food pellets, goblins, all sorts of stuff. That's that's uh I mean that's good though. Those are all pretty pretty <laughs> solid obsessions I think. Like I think, Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean I I'm, I'm trying to come up with better ones like uh you got the main food groups. You have like uh you got swords, so you have weapons, armor, yeah, yeah. the 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 opposite but necessary component the op- the necessary opposite of weapons. Um and you mushrooms. Got food. You got mushrooms. Yeah, I mean of course. It's sort of like was the, the classic like, you know, uh, swords, armor, and spells. You consider mushrooms as, as spells. So. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. That's right. Because um, mushrooms, even when they're culinary, even when they're only, even when you're not using them as a, as as a drug, you uh, the way that they expand food <laughs> is magical. So I think like yeah. even even at their most base level, mushrooms are a yeah. sort of magic. Okay. Speaking of which. We wanted to talk about magic. Wow. Cannabis. Wow. Look at that. You just did that. That was perfect, your perfect. segue. You did that. Um, yeah. So so when we were talking about when you were coming on, um, one of the things we, we were kind of like going over the games you were playing. Uh, you said you weren't playing Pokemon because of all the, the sort of nascent controversy around it, which I can understand. Um, I'll probably play it at some point, but I'm, I'm holding off now, too. Not yeah, of the controversy. I'll probably play it like when I can like get it like used or something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'm gonna I, like. I really don't think I have the time to commit to it, such that it will be fun for me. Like that's the other thing. It feels like you need a lot of like a lot of time to really care about Pokemon for the game to hit like it should. Well, yeah. So like that. That's it's sort of like that's sort of my like gripe about it is that like last one I played was X Y, um, and mm, before mm-hmm. that was like Black White and Black White Two. Yeah. Uh, but those like there was just a lot of depth to the game, and from what I've read for the current versions, that there's just not that much content. Mm. Uh, so it's sort of like an it's like a you know uncooked game. They're still waiting. Like the people are saying, you should just wait for the next iteration to come out, and then you'll have a lot more to play with. Oh, so. interesting. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm I I'm super interested to see. I, I also have no opinion on it, so that was helpful because I was thinking, well, I have nothing to say about Pokemon right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> this would be this would be really tragic if that was what Liam wanted to talk about. Um, yeah. And you didn't, which is which is really helpful. Um, but you did one of the things you mentioned actually caught my attention because I don't if we have talked about it on the show it's only been on patch notes and it's only been like a long time ago, um, and that's uh, Magic the Gathering which I I will say out of any collectible card game, I used to play the old Marvel Overpower game that's probably what I played okay. the most uh, not right. a very I've good never game. I've never even heard of that one yeah it didn't last super I mean it had like four or five little iterations so I'm sure it made someone sure. a lot of money but uh, but yeah I mean it was it was fine it was like. Looking back on it, it was a very basic game. Um, mm-hmm. Like a lot of like, you know, you can attack this much with this color card and you can defend this much with that color card. And, you know, you just kind of rattle off special moves until you either win or lose. Uh, Magic's much more complicated, but I did play it a bit during during high school or during middle school. Excuse me. So like I, uh, I, I know how magic works. So it's always fun to hear people who are much better at it than me talk about it because I know enough to know that I just like I, I, I'm hopeless um but you sound like you play a lot of it yeah so so i'm gonna give you a little bit sort of background into to how i got into magic excellent uh, so i mean the game came out when we were like it came out i think first came out like 90 something 92 93 yeah i think um, even like the so what the set with the black lotus in it like what was the yeah the, like, the first set the first set was alpha so that was like the very first set that came out uh, that came out i think in uh 
92, I believe. So something early 93. Yeah, I think and that's right. Then, I always thought it was the 80s, but then I would like look back and it would always be 92 or something like that. Yeah, it's a really so, expensive like, I, car. I was, I was too young when it first came out, but I started getting into it because like, I think this is probably the same for many kids that got into magic back in the 90s. But basically my older cousin was into it and he got me into it. Yeah. Um, so I started playing, I believe, around... 95 uh, with Ice Age. So. Oh, that's when I started playing too in Ice Age. Yeah, that's so, cool. so when, in case anyone hearing this doesn't know, Magic is a collectible card game. You have, um, I think it's got over like 20,000 cards now, but uh, basically over the years, a every couple months or so, a new set of cards will be released um, that adds to the full collection of cards. And you can play with various cards and construct decks. And there's just like a lot of variation and a lot of uh, it, no game. No two games are really the same because there's just so much variation based on having thousands and thousands of cards. Yeah, so I started back when I was a kid in Ice Age, which was a set that came out in '95, and uh, I played with my cousins and some friends from school. And I played for I think uh, from '95 all through to maybe like early 2000s. Okay, and that's this pretty was, good. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and this was like Magic was interesting then because it was you know it was like a paper game, it was a collectible card game. This is like pre you know Hearthstone, pre online Magic era. Um, and then I quit I think around high school, and I didn't play for a very long time. Uh, so the game progressed without me. I had no idea what was going on. But then a couple years ago, I got into Hearthstone just because okay. like at this, I was I was into Blizzard games and Hearthstone came out. Uh, and, and I it reminded it, you of magic. It remind, reminded me of magic. It was a very similar feel to it as the collectible card game aspect to it. Uh, some of the mechanics are, are pretty different. Hearthstone is is very much like a dumbed down version of, of magic. It's less okay. complex. Um, and part of that is I think they just wanted to make it an easy to learn game and an easy to play game. Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, especially because of what Hearthstone was. I mean, it's like it's a game that they like definitely wanted a player base for like as opposed to magic which again like i never really thought about this but the difference between a paper game and a and a, a, a you know video game is that like with a paper game you can have you know eight diehard fans that you know and like have a little group of people and play magic totally successfully whereas with a video game you can't do that yeah and that's also like the they, they i think they wanted to have it easily accessible as well, because like you know, I think Magic obviously has been played is being played by thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. But you know, uh, I think Blizzard knows that they, for for their purposes, they were just trying to make a ton of money. So um, they wanted the game to be accessible and easy to understand and easy to watch too, which is also a big thing. Yeah. Uh, I think some things that struggle that people struggle with Magic is like watching the game being played at a professional level, or even just watching you know streamers play can be. A little more daunting than watching Hearthstone. Mm, um, yeah, but so yeah, I, I got into Hearthstone a couple years ago, and then eventually I quit Hearthstone because it was just taking up way too much time. Um, but then my cousin, <laughs> who who had originally got me into Magic when we were kids, uh, he was like, "Hey, you know, like I started playing again. Do you want to come over and like play some Magic?" And I was like, "Okay, cool. I don't. I have some of my old cards." But he was like, "No, we could just like play some some of my cards and stuff." So that was about two and a half years ago, three and a half, three nice. three years ago. And then since then, I just like dove right the fuck back in. So like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I, I like bought a whole bunch of cards. I started like collecting more. So now I have all these decks to play. I've been like going to tournaments and stuff, and it's become like a really fun, serious hobby again. And nice. I just like recon- reconnected with like, like my kid self playing that, like just enjoying the game of Magic: The Gathering. All, I think it's all, cool all to have like time. serious hobbies. I feel like that's something that even now, like with the. And maybe because of, like, the kind of, like, infantilizing of media and everything, like, everything appeals to, you know, people who are about our age, who grew up in about the same time we did, who had about the same interests. Like, it's very, you know, uniform in many ways. I'm not saying anything new here. But I feel like serious hobbies, like, oh, yeah, I I spend, like, a good amount of money on magic cards and go to tournaments and stuff like that. I feel like that's still something people look down on where, like, that is, like, super, super affirming to have a, a hobby. Yeah, you know, it also hits all the right points. Like, one, it's set in a pretty cool fantasy world. I've always liked that kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it is – it hits all the right spots in, in terms of, like, competitiveness and competitive level yeah. where, you know, I, I – 
you know, ha- have some competitive streak in me. So I'm still trying to like win and, you know, do well in the game and learn and stuff. Um, and uh, it it has sort of sparked the whole like, you know, it's, it's like a hobby that I have like offline. You know, it's like it's something that I'm able to, you know, play with people in real life and go travel to these events um, and and also meet new people. It's, it's really fun meeting these people in, in like a completely different social circle. I bet that like that like is not there's nothing to do with the rest of my life. So that's been really refreshing and, and fun to do. So uh, you are mostly playing it offline then. Because I know yes, there's Magic so, Gathering Arena too, which I yeah. Know so is there's like actually there's, there's, there's two ways to play online. There is something called MTGO, which is literally Magic the Gathering Online. That's okay. actually been around for quite some time. I think it's been around since like late 2000s or something. Um, so that is like Magic's own client uh, that has been around for a very long time, and that supports pretty much every card that exists. Uh, so that has like it's it's a it, I assume it's a very big programming task for for wizards i would have to imagine um, yeah yeah i mean so, for every so, card there's like how many here's a question for you how many magic cards are out there i think there's over twenty thousand now it's a real george so, nori so, question yeah uh, <laughs> so so the way the way magic works is that uh there's there's a bunch of different formats that you can play in so if you think about formats they're, they're sort of like rule sets um uh, that that determine like what cards you can play with uh, what the the rules are, but in Magic there's a bunch of different formats, and they all have different pools of cards you can choose from. So the the biggest the 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 oldest format is Vintage, for example. That you can use almost any card that exists to play Magic the Other and create your okay. decks from. Right. Uh, there is then like Legacy, which has a bunch of cards that are banned, because uh, they're, they're too powerful or, or or like they just break the game. Those right. that that's like the second largest card pool that you can play from. That's and the is that like is that like where like Black Lotus would be or something like that? So so Black Lotus is in vintage. It's then it, that's the only format where you can play it. Is, okay. Is vintage. Okay. Well, there's some other like minor formats, but vintage is like the most well known like format you can play Black Lotus in. Okay. Uh, Legacy is like a format where you cannot play Black Lotus, but you can play most of the cards in Magic's history. It's it's um it's definitely uh, one of the formats where you can play a lot of the older cards. But then okay. you have then you then you have uh, formats like modern and standard, which are formats where you can use mostly just cards that have been printed in the last either last year or two or the last couple of years. Uh, so the card pool there is much more limited. So when we're talking about the online modes for Magic, Magic the Gathering Online supports almost every card. So you can play formats like Vintage and Legacy, whereas the new hotness, which is Magic Arena, which has been around for like a year or so now, mm-hmm. they decided they're just going to start off with just standard. So that way they don't have to program 20,000 cards into their this new client. They program, you know, a, Makes a sense. thousand or, so, or something. So, um, and they also model Arena very closely to, to Hearthstone. It's It's got, you know, animations. Oh, wow, okay. It's, uh, it's, it's got, you know, it's it's um, got a lot of the the sort of Simplifications that Hearthstone has, uh, but it's still you know it's still Magic Gathering, it's still Magic Gathering rules and stuff like that. Um, it just feels much more like Hearthstone because Hearthstone was built for like an online client. Magic is traditionally played in paper, so this is sort of their way of sort of bridging that gap. So Arena has become very popular. Uh, a lot of people stream it, but it's a bit limited in that you can only play these specific formats because they didn't want to program all the cards. Okay, I mean that makes a lot of sense why there would still be such a, a heavy paper scene then because like as as you know, from what I know from playing Magic and then from knowing people who st- who stayed into it, like actual sort of like customizability and like uh, um, the the ability to have all of your options in front of you is like hugely important to Magic players. Yeah, it's also it's also like I think people just really enjoy still having like a physical you know set of cards that they play with. They like collecting sense. those cards. Like collecting an an online collection just doesn't feel as good as collecting. A, a physical collection of cards like you know everyone has their binder where they can show off their cards you know they travel with it they'll do trades you could do trades in person whereas oh, like cool. online you have your collection you, you can't even trade cards online really like you're just sort of you know stuck with your online collection and it just doesn't feel as great as like having like the i mean it's a collectible card game that's sort of like the the essence of what magic always was so online it just doesn't feel like quite the same game as as, as offline yeah I mean that makes sense. I guess like, you know, my my um, I'm trying to think of how to say this. Like my 
I sort of analog to this or, or my version of this would probably be something like comics where um, I read a lot of physical comics and loved having physical comics for a long time and then read a lot of online comics like uh, or like comics in like CBR form or whatever. Sure. Yeah. And uh, um, <laughs> I, I replaced all my uh, physical comics with Penny Arcade. That's uh, not just like just, you know, just like downloading stuff. But like, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, at first I felt wrong or like not as interesting and then it felt fine and like i can go back to paper comics but i also just think like well i can also just as easily read the stuff on in, in paper on like on online and a lot of times those scans are sort of more they have more fidelity they're not recolored all that stuff um so to me like it sort of it was this fight up between physical and non-physical media and ultimately it sort of became either a wash or a little bit in favor of the electronic media whereas with magic it seems like you can't make that jump like there's no and not just you but everyone can't make the jump and say like okay this is close enough that i can kind of become comfortable with it it's like it's not quite there right i think we're at that point where it's not quite there now but it wouldn't surprise me within like five years if wizards decides like oh we're just not going to print any more physical cards Mm. every new set is just going to be released online like you see that honestly with all forms of media really like the idea that you know you are now obligated to use streaming services to watch all your shit. Yeah. Uh, no yeah. one is, is buying physical media anymore. Like, it, it makes sense for the companies to move in that direction, you know? Um, but but that being said, like, it just still feels good to, like, own and, and play with physical cards. I mean, do you think do you think that the, the fan base is going to be such, like, as I know, like, some fan bases are totally fine with that. Like, TV you mentioned is a perfect example. Yeah. But... But, like, uh, I wonder if the fan bases for Magic are going to be similar to the fan bases for, like, say, like, Dungeons & Dragons, where, like, if the actual sort of, like, if TSR doesn't do what they want them to or, or exactly, like, you know, whether or not they're sort of, like, politically more like what we'd find uh, okay or politically sort of bad, um, they might make their own version of Dungeons & Dragons and then, like, a sort of spin-off happens and a larger community ends that way. Like, do you think people who are interested in the stuff Wizards is putting out would, if they stop putting it out physically, have enough like motivation to start kind of like their own splinter versions of magic? Like, uh, well, I think, I think just because the cards are, are, are still out there, they're going to exist and they'll continue to exist. Like you're still going to have people playing paper magic uh-huh. and, and it, it does have like a very different feel than, than, than online. Like, like, you know, playing like in a, in a Magic Arena tournament, you're sitting in front of a screen. Like maybe you're you're physically near your opponent if you're in like a you know professional a tournament. tournament or yeah, but it's just not the same. Like people still like like Dungeons and Dragons. You can play Dungeons and Dragons through email. You can play Dungeons and Dragons like through spreadsheets and, yeah. and forums and stuff. But it doesn't quite feel the same. And, and that's how it differs from like TV. Like TV, you're still okay. like watching TV or whatever. Like the experience of it is the same. But because it's like a physical game aspect of it, like Dungeons and Dragons or Magic the Gathering, you still want to have that feel. So I think that it's going to be quite some time before you see people really abandon that and, and then wholly go online. Huh. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, for, for Magic the Gathering in particular, like people still enjoy that in-person uh, uh, feel. So give us some of your like give us at least one of your uh, your favorite tournament stories. Like I know like <laughs> like even if it what didn't happen to you, even if it was something you watched, uh, but you know ideally it happened to you. Um, like a cool thing that happened in a tournament, funny, interesting, whatever you want to do. So so yeah, so I, I've been going to a couple of more, uh, tournaments this year. I've been to a lot actually this year. So I went to Niagara Falls in in the spring. Cool. Uh, so they're called Grand Prix. I, I guess they ch- they changed them to be called Magic Fest, but Grand Prix has always been like the. Um, the name for these tournaments uh, since early 2000s or whatever. But I went to one in Niagara Falls in the spring, and I went to Atlanta um, in, I want to say October, I think, or November. Okay. Um, That's cool. Anyway, no, that was at the end of the summer. And then I, then I went to Pittsburgh for one recently, and this Pittsburgh one, this is the, this is the, cool, the cool story from this year. But basically, this Pittsburgh one happened right after Halloween, and it's, a, it's an event called Eternal Weekend. So okay. Eternal refers to the formats where you play with the older cards. So like Vintage, Legacy, um, where you're playing with like cards like Black Lotus or cards like Time Walk, that kind of stuff. Oh, that's fun. So vin- Vintage is the format where it's like these are like high rollers. These are people sitting down with like, you know, 
$20,000 worth of cards. It's kind of insane. Wow. Um, Wizard, Wizards has this, so Wizards of the Coast, which prints Magic the Gathering cards, had this weird thing where a lot of the older cards, uh, when they first got reprinted, a lot of collectors, this is like back in the early 90s, like when, when like Black Lotus got reprinted in like the second and third sets or whatever. Right, yeah. Collectors, collectors got upset because they were like, oh, we didn't know you would start reprinting these cards and make them available again. And I think I wouldn't have paid so much money for them. Right. And and back then this they're talking about like a twenty, thirty dollar card. Like Black Lotus at some point was like maybe like fifty dollars or something. Um, so these collectors got upset. So Wizards basically shot themselves in the foot in that they created eventually what they called the reserved list. So it's a list of cards that they've promised that they would never print again. Uh, mm. it's I, it's like a couple hundred cards. Um, and it'll range from cards that are like like rare but completely unplayable so they're not worth more than like five dollars like hmm. there's a card called didgeridoo which is like <laughs> a fairly worthless card that all it does is like you can place a minotaur from your hand onto the battlefield or some shit like that it's a pretty terrible card but that's worth like five dollars because it's never going to be printed again okay. but then you have a card like black that's then you have a card like black a card like black lotus which is you know has had a very limited print run it was in the the first three sets of magic game breaking um, the game-breaking cards and one of the most powerful cards. And then Wizards has said, oh, we're never printing this card again. So that card, it, at the very minimum, is like a couple thousand dollars for a piece of cardboard. It's, it's, uh, it's like the most collectible card you could ever own. Um, yeah. So – Well, that like – I mean that transcends – that's like the – it's like the quintessential collectible card. Like even yeah. even beyond just magic. Like that's just yeah. Everyone everyone knows of Black Lotus as like that that. But there's like there's there's maybe about you know twenty cards that are of that sort of level um, that are just like they're like oh we're never gonna print these again. Now they're super fucking expensive. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So you I mean it's it's weird because like there's actually a lot of friction in the community about this because there's some formats like Legacy, for example, where you don't have the super expensive cards, like you don't have Black Lotus in that format, but you still have cards that are on the reserve list that are maybe like a couple hundred dollars for a card. And like Didgeridoo. And, yeah. Everyone's and got that in their deck, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but but the thing is like people are like, like there's no – the player base for those formats isn't growing because no one wants to spend a thousand bucks to play – a game like that yeah know? sure i mean that totally makes sense uh, like that's part of the the joy of magic is that like the buy-in like in ice age for instance like i remember the buy-in being like well you just buy a starter deck and yeah. like the starter deck cost ten dollars and it had everything in there that you needed to play a game and that was your deck it wasn't very good but like it got you through a game and that was all you needed and like yeah that's a real appeal like to be like well i could just start doing this yeah, so I mean, there are formats where you can do that. There's plenty of formats like standard or like draft formats where you could just sit down and just start playing, mm -hmm. you know, with like ten dollars, twenty dollars worth of cards. That's but nice. some of these older formats, they just, you know, it's sort of like a gatekeeping sort of thing where where these cards are just expensive, prohibitively expensive, just because they they've decided not to print them again. So, anyways, going back to the story. So there's this tournament in Pittsburgh called Eternal Weekend, and it focuses mainly on these older formats. So formats where uh, like vintage, where you can play any card or almost any card, or legacy, where you can play most of the cards. Um, so, so these are people that like have either uh, been in the game for a very long time, so they they have had these cards since they were you know young, or they have enough money to to get these cards, or they've like spent a lot of time just trading and right. building up you know their collection. Uh, so these are like tend to be like older uh, people with like pretty expensive collections of cards. And I mean, so you I spent this... twenty, thirty thousand dollars on Magic at this point. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I wish I had that kind. Of, I wish I had that kind of money. But you know, the other thing, the cool thing about this community though, is like, once you like make some friends, you know, once people get to know you, uh, for these tournaments, like people are willing to let, lend you cards to play these these tournaments. Oh, cool! So like, like I borrowed a deck to play in the vintage tournament, and I I didn't own any of those cards, but it was like the, the guy, you know, let me play with it. And he totally trusted me, and I, you know, returned the deck afterwards. But like, it's kind of because like it's a, it's a smaller community, and you get to know people, and you get to trust people. Yeah. Um, so so, anyways, so that's really this, cool, though. This, I mean, like, that's just like, I think like there's a kind of intimacy to that, though, where like people are actually letting you borrow these cards. Like, 
Yeah, I feel like that's something that that is lost in the in in digital stuff too. Where like they are so fragile. Like you could do anything with those. You could pocket them. You yeah. could. Yeah. There's anything you could do, and it's just like man, that that. I mean, is you like, definitely hear stories about people trust. getting their decks stolen and cards stolen and stuff like that. So like that yeah. definitely does happen. Um, but it's a community that tries to protect itself. Like you know, once you hear about someone doing some shit like that, then that word spreads, and also they've lost all trust. Yeah, uh, they're they're gone. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Anyway, so this tournament. Uh, Vintage was being played to here. So this is like the biggest vintage tournament of the year. So people are playing. They're busting out their like fancy decks. They're busting in their Black Lotuses. Uh, but this year in particular, there were a lot of new cards that were printed that have been making waves in, in all these older formats. And one of these cards is a, a, a card called Oko. Uh, hmm. is a new card printed in the, the latest set. And this card has been very controversial because it's, been, it's being played all over the place. It's a very powerful card. One of his abilities, this card, is he can turn... Uh, other objects into elks, like the animal. Okay. So, like he, like say you have like a, a crazy dragon out there, or say you have like you know this super powerful artifact. He could just come down and be like, "Nope, I'm turning your creature into a uh, a medium sized elk, and it can't do anything else." <laughs> That's so it, whimsical. It can, still, <laughs> it can still attack and block. It can still do stuff that creatures do, uh, but it's now just a a three three elk. Uh, it's. Wow. I think he's sort of based on like, um, what's that character from Midsummer Night's Eve? Uh, oh, uh, like Bottom. Not Bottom. Uh, Bottom's the one who gets transformed. Puck. R- Puck. Yeah, yeah. I think he's based around that. He's like sort of like whimsical fairy tale, sort of mischievous character. Anyway, so he turns your shit into elks. So huh. this card has been pretty powerful. It's been played in multiple formats, including vintage. So at this tournament, it, with uh, in the in the top eight of the tournament like so this is like the the quarterfinals of the tournament uh out of like you know a couple hundred people you know there's like thousands of dollars on the line people are playing with their like you know twenty thousand dollar decks man that's wild it's wild so uh this guy uh this this guy joe who's very well known in the in the in the vintage community he plays with alpha cards so alpha power so power like power is like the most expensive cards like black lotus time war yeah yeah alpha is the very first set that was that had these cards. So he has an alpha black lotus in his deck that he's playing with. It's wow. worth about it's probably estimated worth about seventy to eighty thousand dollars. It's a oh. piece of cardboard worth like more than that is people amazing. make in years. Wow. Anyways, so he's he's he plays this card and he's also playing a deck that includes the the new card Oko in it. And at some point during the tournament, he plays the Black Lotus, and then he plays the Oko, and he's going about his stuff, and he realizes one of the ways he can win is to turn his Black Lotus into an elk with his own Oko, and then attack with the Black Lotus. So this is like a situation that if you went went back like 20 years and, and told someone like, oh, in 20 years, someone's going to be attacking with a Black Lotus to win a tournament, they would it would have blown That's their minds. So basically... Basically, he won by attacking with an $80,000 card, not in how it was supposed to be used, but because of this new card. So it's, it was kind of a cool thing to just see, like, oh, like this new card is now just, like, the, the new and the old in, in this in this same deck. It was, it was pretty wild. That must have been really cool to watch, like, just the, the, the shift in strategy, too. Like, just, like, the way yeah. that no one else was thinking about that, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, that, that's also, like... Like what I really like about Magic is, like, because there's so many cards and so many variations allows you to be potentially be creative in either like how you build a deck or how you play it yeah so there's it's it's um it's and that's like one of the reasons i really i've really enjoyed the game yeah it reminds me a lot like the way you're describing it, it reminds me a lot of um of like uh fighting game competition like like that that whole scene where like people will yeah. Like I remember, I was at one. I was at a, a combo breaker, which is in uh, like right around Chicago, uh, yep, one of the yep. bigger ones. And like the there was a it was like a Tekken top eight, and this yeah. dude he got pretty far. He didn't win, but like he got pretty far in it. And uh, he was using this character. They're like, yeah, this character is like considered maybe like extreme bottom tier. Like we don't really yeah, know what he's doing yeah. here, and like he just destroyed people with it, and just like totally figured out this character that no one else bothered with how to play with it. And like, I love, I just like watching, I like watching cause obviously it's skill and obviously part of it is just determination and practice. And sure. like, especially in the case of magic, like just sticking with it for a really long time so you can have the cards, but like, are the right cards, the ones, the exact ones you want. Mm. But like, 
it's so cool to to watch that and then watch like intelligence also there where it's just like this is like that's just totally you didn't, you can't buy that you can't like practice that that's just something that you came up with like, it's, it's really kind of funny because cool. like they're, they're, I definitely see that analogy because like w- within magic at least for some of these older formats where you can you can create these like off meta decks is that it sort of rewards you practicing with your with your pet deck sometimes like if you know your deck in and out and you know how well it can do like granted you, you still have to have some sort of like power level to be able to compete you know but mm-hmm. you can really catch people off guard if you know your deck well and yeah they don't you know that's the same thing as like fighting game characters like you know if you're playing with a low tier character but if you know its moves in and out and you know like like you can have an advantage over a higher tier character just because like every, everyone might be playing higher tier characters and you might know that that character's weaknesses but and they don't they, yeah, yeah they don't know what you're doing with this one they see it, and it like, exactly, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah no that's, that's really cool like I, I i i what i like about that and what i like about magic is like it was one of the things that um i was talking to someone about uh about the scene and I was like, well, isn't, isn't it like in the fighting game scene? And I was like, isn't it? Yeah. Like, don't people get angry? Like, don't people get irritated if you like do something cheap? Like if I, you know, I was thinking back to when like I was playing King of Fighters and like I just used yeah. the the one guy and just like ducked down and did a kick and you yeah, know, yeah. beat my beat my friend because they didn't know how to stop it. Um, and I was like, don't people get irritated at that? And he was like, no, like if you could beat me that way, then I have to figure out a way around it. And like that yeah. seems to be the same in Magic where it's like, yeah, I mean, you can have like a cheap deck, but like if you if that's what you're doing um, or if it's off meta or if it has like a trick or something, you know, eventually people are going to get wise to it and figure out a way to get around it. And like that's yeah. that's cool to me where it's like it's not obviously you ban some things. It's a it's a long game and, and you know, sure. you ban something that's game breaking. But like, I don't know, like it's cool to be like, yeah, no, do do exa- do what you want, like do your worst. Like uh, if you if you get one over on someone that is on them, not on you. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely. Oh, well, I mean, that being said, there are definitely scrubs in Magic that that would get salty, you know. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. sure that makes sense. Um, yeah. Does that happen a lot at tournaments? Uh, I mean, it happens less in tournaments. Like, I feel like it, you know, you probably see it online or something, but it, sure. it does. It happens sometimes, but also like the thing about Magic too is like it's still there's still a decent amount of, of chance involved as as well. Um, the way the, the the game works, you know, there's a lot of potential randomization mm-hmm. based on you know, what cards you draw and stuff, but, um, makes sense. I mean, I can understand that. I guess that like, I guess that makes every match kind of interesting. Yeah. And, 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 and also like you, you have some, like, it's, it's the same thing with like fighting games where, you know, maybe your deck is very well tuned against this set of, uh, these types of decks, but you're very poorly matched up against like this type of deck. Yeah. And you, you just might play a tournament where you only get matched up against your bad matchups. So that's the same thing with like fighting games where people have like those, those, um, you know, they'll say like, oh, this character against this character is favored seven, three or something, or, or like this is a five, five matchup. Like, yeah, it totally depends on, uh, on who you're facing as well. That's cool. And then of course you get the underdog and, and all that. I mean, that's like nothing better yeah. than that. It's like know who you're rooting for and all that. Do you yeah, do absolutely. like do you do sort of uh, more regular uh, tourneys too, like like Friday Night Magic or anything like so, that? Yeah, so so I I mean I'm pretty lucky in that like since I live in New York, there are plenty of of stores around here that will run Magic uh, nights throughout the the week. Cool. So uh, I tend to like usually I play maybe like once a week um, uh, at a store. Sometimes, you know, That's I'll skip a week or, or stuff. But it's, it's nice to have that. And also just because, like, I've connected with these people, like, uh, in in this, these completely new social circles. Like, sometimes I'll play with them like, on the weekends and stuff. Um so that's been really refreshing. It's been it's it's been so nice this year. I think one of the things that's kept me sane this year really is just like having a new social group of friends that is like not anything to do with online. Like, yeah, I was gonna say like it must be it must be cool to like to have people who are just like not at all interested in like oh like what do you post or like have you seen like the new drama online? <laughs> like it must yeah, just Jesus, be like. I, I think this year or two, I've been trying to to, to separate myself from that mm-hmm. um, more and more. So it, yeah, it's been nice having like a group of friends that like uh, it's not like well, it's not like I hide that from them or anything. Like they'll, they'll know. And like sometimes <laughs> if I'm at events, people will recognize me and shit. But um, it's just nice having like this sort of social 
group, like circle group now where it's like that's not the focus. It's like, oh, we're here to play magic, you know. Like, yeah. Talk about that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. I like that a lot. Like I like the I like the idea I like the idea that you would be I don't know, like you'd get a chance to sort of be yourself again. Like even and not yeah. which isn't to say like the stuff you post isn't you, but like also it's not the only part of you. Sure, sure, yeah. And it, yeah. It's 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 nice to have just like a, a little distance from that shit. Yeah, for sure. Um tell me a little bit about the aesthetic that you find interesting. like I have two I have two more questions and they're on aesthetic and uh and and strategy and then uh and then I'll probably ask you what video games you're playing and, and I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But um but uh like in terms of aesthetic, like what what do you what do you like about the game? Like what are you do you have do you have like do you here, here's a way to ask it. Do you let your aesthetic determine the way your deck is constructed? Like do you are you uh so kind of deck so the, the, because the, you think it's so cleaner. yeah so so the the yeah you touch about it uh, on a good point there like in magic there are, are five well you could maybe because there are six colors five of the main ones black red green white and blue uh, as well as colorless as sort of like a sixth color yeah and they all sort of correspond to different uh, aspects of the game and elements and stuff so like black is like considered like you know they they have to do with like zombies and vampires and reanimating the dead and um, you know, evil witches and shit. And then white is like angels and clerics and humans and stuff. Green is like elves and beasts and animals. Blue is more like wizards and uh, stuff like that. Red is like fiery mages cool. and shit. So there's the, there's like a lot of flavor around all these things. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, but I like how the, the way magic, like the way the design team has traditionally like designed the cards, they also make sure that that comes across in the mechanics of, of the cards. So cool. blue, for example, has traditionally been one of the more powerful colors because their mechanic is usually centered around drawing cards, which is very powerful in a game where, you know, the more cards you have, the more things you can do. Which um, makes sense if it's like, like a river, a water sort of thing, like that it kind of you have like a sure. life, a, a stream of. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And then like red, for example, is like, you know, around mountains, they're more focused on like doing damage and being explosive and stuff like that. So like mm. there's definitely like uh, uh, I like the cars because they, they the colors tend to align mechanically in some way. Um, so like when you're playing a deck, if you're playing like a blue deck, you're doing blue things. If you're playing a red deck, you're doing red things or yeah. you combine some colors. So, um, that's, that's when you're like, you don't really think of it consciously when you're constructing decks, but like when you're constructing decks, like that sort of like seeps in there. So you're saying like, Oh, you know, I want to play this combination of colors because I want to try to do these things in the game. And you don't realize, Oh, that actually cor- sort of corresponds flavor wise to, to how, how that works. That's really cool. Like I, I, you know, it never it never really occurred to me that way. I never played long enough to sort of like get that. I, I the the thing that happened to me was in my uh in my starter deck, I got a yeah. um I got a polar kraken. Um, oh, you know, actually, my first starter deck had that too. Really? It's, it's, yeah, a, it's, it's the massive blue card. It's like you know nine mana or something. Yeah, and it, I remember Huge. that it was like it was rare at the time too. So I was yeah, like, oh yeah, man, yeah. I just like I just hit the jackpot. Um, yeah. But it's like actually a terrible card to get me. <laughs> Like just starting the yeah. game, because you just like you're like, well, I'll save up and uh, and summon this polar kraken because it's real powerful, and yeah, uh, it takes forever. Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't really like it doesn't actually help you that much unless you like unless you've built your deck very very well. And I think like there are probably a million other cards that you'd rather use. Um, yeah. So as a result, like all my decks were built around my polar kraken. I was yeah. like, well, yeah. that's what I do. I just like what what else would I do? Um, so I never really thought about like how. I thought about red. Red and black are very destructive, like very offense heavy. I, I realized that. But like I've never really thought about blue and green and white like and how they would operate as decks. That's that's really cool. I like that. Well, it's actually kind of funny because like uh, I was talking about this with my cousin. When we were kids, we all sort of had our favorite colors, mm-hmm. you know, like, well, like the color of decks that we like to build as kids. And that sort of translated a bit now. And like, for example, my cousin, he doesn't like playing white decks and he never has mm-hmm. he never liked the color white. Um, so like his decks now just tend to not really have any white cards in them. He just builds his decks just to 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 be be like that. Whereas hmm. me, like you know, I actually had some uh, like uh, white decks growing up that I really enjoyed. So like you know, some of my decks now, not all of them, but like I do enjoy playing that color and like mixing it in and stuff. Uh, but what I realized too, like how this all started too, 
just like you said, you open up like a, a polar kraken in, in in your in your starter deck, and you're like, okay, I'm going to build around this. Yeah, right. When we were kids, like whatever cards you opened is sort of how you started crafting your decks. Like you might trade around and stuff, but this was also like pre era of like we wouldn't be able to go out and just like buy all the cards. You know, we'd, yeah, true. We'd, we'd have like you know a booster pack maybe a week. You know, like save up some money, get some cards, and also this was also pre. This was like pre like full-blown internet era yeah so, you might find some websites where it's like okay yeah th- these are the good cards and like it has like a list yeah, but you don't know like, who that now is it's like it's not now you you can kind of know what the top decks are or where the ones are being played like right sure. away whereas like back in the 90s like you had your local store that you went to you were probably playing just like with you know a couple of guys and then you would be like all right this is the deck i'm trying to put together you're not really going online and just like theory crafting and, and net decking and that, that kind of stuff. You're just sort of like, here's the cards I opened. Here's what I'm going to start building. Yeah. Oh, here's this card I've never seen before. It might fit in my deck. That doesn't really exist too much anymore. Like that's like in this day and age kind of impossible to do. Like imagine it's sort of like it's the same thing with video games. Like, like yeah. when when you played Final Fantasy VII for the first time, Maybe you looked up on, on GameFAQs eventually to, like, figure out all the secrets and stuff. But a lot of these earlier games that we played, you would just try to figure it out on your own. Like, you would be yeah, stumbling like, through it. Maybe you'd mess around and, like, if you if you did, like, the, the weapons, you'd be like, well, yeah. I'm, I'm stuck. Like, I'll, I'll look up a forum on how to beat the weapons. Um, whereas, like, yeah, I mean, if it's, like, if it's just, like, getting through the game, it's like, all right, I could probably yeah. do this. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes I think about that with... with um, trying to think about what game this would be like i I was actually thinking about a game recently like this like maybe it was maybe it was a souls game maybe it's something else but like i was thinking about how these games have these moments that are almost impossible to figure out unless you have access to like a larger internet you know group brain right right and there's like a way in which the games have actually like kind of grown as a result and, and become different like and i never really thought about it in terms of magic but like there's stuff that these games do and I'm sure that magic does that would be impossible if you didn't have that kind of connectivity. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, it is obviously like it's, it's, it is a bit better now that like now, like people can, can get together and, and, you know, uh, discuss their decks and craft it and and stuff like that. But it's just like, there isn't quite the same, uh, that same level of, I guess it is also probably just nostalgia for me too. Like the level of like discovery and like, you know, um, uh, that just like being just within your local group and finding out all the stuff there as opposed to now like everyone everywhere just knows everything all the time. Sure. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. I mean, like it's, there is a, I've always, I've always struggled to figure out how to like describe this, but it's almost like a, it's almost like a, 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 a way that like um, expertise becomes cheapened, which like on one hand you want to say like, well, that was my thing. Like, I worked so hard to learn it. And then you realize, like, well, like, that doesn't mean no one else can have it. It's, it's just right, like, right. It's exactly, a, exactly. It's just a, it's a, um, a balance. Yeah. Um, and what is your, what's your, what's your typical strategy? That's the other question I had. Like, what is, what <laughs> so, is your... so I typically, so, so I typically play this format called, called Legacy, which is like, okay. right. um, it, you can use most of the cards from Magic's history, except for the super powerful broken cards like Black Lotus, the, 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 these Power 9 cards, as well as some other cards um, that are just astronomically powerful and expensive. So uh, what I've gravitated towards in, in, in the decks that I like to play is I found I like to play not top-tier decks, but like maybe like Tier 2, Tier okay. 3 decks that are focused around weird combos. Okay. Um, so... I'm not like an aggressive player. I'm not like a control player. I'm not like a you know uh, 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 like any of those kinds. I like to find like weird combos that like maybe win in the game out of nowhere, or you know you don't expect it. So that's a cool. Few, few few decks that I, I've um, like sort of centered around, which are like I think part of it is also like I like playing a lesser known deck, um, and I like being able to just like put together a weird combo that, that just wins them out of nowhere. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, you sort of like, you end up being a little bit more unpredictable. It's like kind of a little more fun for you. You can see how it's like, it must be fun to watch, to watch it come together for you. Like yeah, you know also, that you're it, it, almost there. The other thing about playing too in paper is that you'll get spectators too, which is a lot of fun. You'll get people like, you know, oh, if you're cool. at a tournament or if you're like, even at like your weekly 
you know, uh, uh, magic night, you'll get people around you that are like watching you play and stuff. And then like, you know, sometimes you feel like you, you want to show off like a weird deck or you know, yeah. a weird, weird set of cards. It's they fun. want to just like, yeah, I mean like that's, that's really cool. I, I, I always feel like I want to have that strategy, but I'm never patient enough. Like anytime I play like a, um, anytime I play like a collectible card game online or anything like, uh, uh, Slay the Spire or something, which is amazing. And like, if you like magic, you should definitely give it a try. But, yeah. um, I don't know if you played it or not, but it's uh it's very good. I haven't played it yet. No. Oh yeah, no, you 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 dig it. It's uh it's a blast. But um, like the, you know, like every time I play it, the name of the game is, you know, don't get too many cards because you want to use the the cards that come up for you, and you want to come up with like a very consistent strategy. And every time I use too many cards, <laughs> like every time I'm just like, well, this card's neat. I hope it's in my. I, yeah, it should yeah, be in my yeah, deck. Yeah. Um, and so, like, yeah, I mean, that that's always what happens to me in these games. I always want to play like you play, but I'm I'm just not patient enough. Yeah, um, yeah. So that, that's cool. Um, is there anything you'd want people to know about Magic before, like, before we move on to something else? Because, like, I think I don't want to I don't want to make you just, like, go over all your strategy because I would love to. Oh, no, it, I, mean, I, I mean, like, I would say, like, if you're interested in it, if you played Hearthstone before, if you, you know, have some any interest in Magic, like, you know, Try it, try it out on Arena or try it out on Magic Online or go to your local card shop. I mean, like, people, every, everyone I've met in the Magic community has been pretty friendly yeah. um, and, and pretty open. And I, th- I think most people just want more players. Like, they're, they will welcome more people to play. So, hmm. um, you know, if you've ever had any interest, like, just try it see what it's like. Is it a pretty, like, is it a pretty open scene? Like, do people, uh, it's not, like, toxic or anything? It's pretty cool. Uh, it can be. It definitely can be. I mean, it suffers the, the same thing of like any, you know, gaming scene where sure. you'll have people that are like, you know, gatekeeping or the toxic or just bullies and shit. But uh, from my experience, there is it, there is it's changed since like 10, 15 years ago. Hmm. Uh, so I, I think now people are, are, are more open and more more willing to help. Uh, but. I, I mean, I don't think it's any worse or better than video game communities, but okay. I mean, hopefully we see that change. Hopefully it's, yeah, hopefully it gets better even sooner than later. It's cool that the, uh, that the wealthier sort of like older long-term guys are, are also kind of like generous and gracious too. Like that's, that's a really good sign I would think for the community. Yeah. Cause I, I think a lot of these guys, like they just want more people to play the game that they love. Yeah. Know? No. I mean, yeah. why would you want it to die? Yeah, exactly. He spent like you know, like, like, every, like every person I talk to, and I, I'm I'm the same opinion. Like every person that I've talked to within this particular community, wishes that they would do away with the the reserve list. Wishes that they would reprint the cards. You no, know, like, wow. I want, I want people. I, like if my collection became worthless and they, because they reprinted the cards and they got you know three times as more people into the game, I'd be like, yeah, fuck yeah, that's awesome. Let's do that. You know, that's cool. Yeah, I think like it. I mean, that's that's really, really cool, because I think there's a ton of scenes where it would just absolutely be the opposite, where it's like, you know, everyone's like, yeah, I know, I wish more people would play, but not at the cost of my my own <laughs> my own clout. I mean, going back to yeah. Twitter, like, I think a lot of people wish that Twitter would be more fun. But I also think, like, if you said, oh, yeah, well, the way we're going to do it is we're going to get rid of all your followers and like everyone's just going to have the same amount of followers. Like, I'm pretty sure a lot of people would be like, no, absolutely not. I, I, I earned yeah. these followers. <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, that, that's, that's very cool. Um, lighting round, uh, real quickly on what games are, have you been playing? What have you, have, have you been gaming at all outside of magic? Is this, uh, let's see. Uh, I'm still playing a lot of super smash. Like okay. I got really fucking into that. Who's after, your main? I guess it's been, it's, it's been out for a year now. Uh, but it's like one of those games, like if I'm just bored, I just like always jump into an online game. It's got its faults for sure, but I still fucking love that game. So I probably play that, yeah, at least once a week. People seem obsessed with that game. I I suck at Smash. <laughs> I am so bad I, at it. I also feel like I've gotten a little better from like when I used to play like Melee and Brawl. That's and cool. Like Smash Four. I'm not great, uh, but it's just it is enjoyable. Being better must be fun though. I mean, that's like, especially with a game like that where you can sort of like I imagine you can see it. Um, like maybe you can start like finding the, the smash videos that people post funnier and stuff like yeah. that. Like that's, well, I've, I've always been into fighting, fighting games. So like I got, I play, oh, I play street fighter four, street fighter five. I play dragon ball. Uh, oh, dragon ball. I was so just good. never like great at the games, but I enjoyed them, you know? So like I, I, you know, smash was like 
like definitely a, a no-brainer for me to get. Um, but what else have I been playing? I played, I played through, I just finished the Goose game finally. Oh, um, cool. How'd you like that? Yeah. I, I loved it. I mean, it reminded me of like Donut County. It's like a short, sweet game. Okay. Um, you know, kind of puzzle y. Uh, Donut County really, was an utterly charming game. Yeah. Super great. Yeah. Um, really great, like, you know, aesthetics to it. Music was excellent. Um, you played through it, you know, just finished that. That Goose game was great. And I. <laughs> I started like other thing is like with all these games too. After I finish them, the first thing I do now is like I go online and look for speed runs. <laughs> like, how do people? How do how do people break this game? So like, as soon as I finished the goose game, I was like, okay, I gotta see what the speed run record is. And the speed run record for every task now is like fifteen minutes. Man, that's so good. Yeah. Do you do you ever watch um, uh, GDQ? Like the games done quick. Yeah, stuff? yeah, I, I love watching the GDQ like uh, events. I love that so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, next time that's happening, it always tends to happen when I'm busy, which I hate. But like, yeah. next time it's happening, I should have you on, and we should talk about it. Like, if if not while it's happening, then at some point, because yeah, I for sure, for sure. I find that stuff totally fascinating. Like, I watched. Yeah, I think I watched the whole speed run of Rayman Two, a game I have never played and never had any interest in playing, and I was just like, yeah. I was, it was gripping. I was like, hey, yeah. is he gonna make it? Like, is, is, what? What? Well, what the great the great thing about the GDQ speed runs too is that they're explaining all the stuff that they're doing. They're, while they're so doing good. It, like those, which the, is like all of them. I can't, like, I, I can't imagine doing that while explaining it. Yeah, like my favorite speed run that I've actually watched like two or three times now is like one from from one of the GDQs. Um, this guy Siglemic did a uh, 120 star run for Mario 64, and like was explaining all the tricks he was doing while while doing it and was very good at explaining them so that was a very enjoyable speed run to watch but yeah i, I that's really cool were people like really cheering, like you said people were like really cheering him on yeah like the yeah, the crowds of these things are great that's really cool like I, I i love when i love when the the speed runners are a little charismatic which of course like in video game circles doesn't always mean the same thing in in regular circles um but like I love when they can like get the crowd on their side, like whether or not they're funny or they're just like sincere or something, like because there's some that just like fall completely flat. <laughs> sure. Like yeah, just like yeah. you're just yeah. like okay, we're going through the motions here. But when the crowd's really into it, like you just you just feel like it. I don't know. That was like I'm a big sports fan, but like I also don't think I really got what a crowd does for an event until I was watching GDQ and until I went to fighting game competitions yeah where, like, oh, the yeah, fighting game like yeah oh. those those guys get super fucking hype i just like i just Great. like in the middle of like a, a big match my first time at a combo breaker i like stood up and cheered and i was like <sighs> i don't like i i haven't thought yeah, about I fighting have, games in forever. i still have not been to evo i want to go to evo one year i still have not been yet yeah i have to do it too the one year i actually planned everything out was the year my son was born so it's like uh. like two, i think he was born like one week before evo so i was like wow <laughs> this is just <laughs> i would never you know, like I was for it was for no cartridge. So my wife was like, well, it's for work. Like, you know, you can yeah. go. And I was like, man, no, I, I can't leave a one week old. That is that is well, it, it happens every year. So you always go next. Year. Yeah, I know. I'll just I'll miss one of his birthdays. No, it's actually after his birthday, <laughs> which is nice. Um, yeah. Well, nice, man. Um, well, uh, I won't. You know, based on our earlier conversation, I won't make you explain armor theory, but I will say people should go read your posts <laughs> on it. Uh, I, I find I think all of your your recent sort of like uh, esoteric bits are really good, um, really fun to read, yeah. really like uh, interesting on a level other than just like posting for retweets, which is uh, just become kind of grim. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, thank you for coming on. This is great. Um, you uh, you writing anywhere? You producing any music you doing anything new uh i am working on another album it's, it's i haven't released any music this year okay uh, i've just been working on this really long expansive album i'm hoping to release it next year early next year um but you know as it's still like a side gig for me just letting it really like cook for for enough time to to when it when i really think it's ready that must be but, nice yeah uh should i'm hoping to get it out early next year well, people should listen to your other albums. Where can they find them? Uh, Spotify. I'm on Bandcamp. Um, I'm under my full name, Leon Chang. Uh, I'm also on like Apple Music and Amazon and all that stuff. So under your full name, yeah. Drake. Um, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, no. It's it. Uh, Leon's music is really, really good. Like I, I, I sort of went into a deep dive of listening, both with you and with uh, Dendi. I kind of like deep dove into both of your catalogs. Yeah, and they were two of my favorite episodes as a result because I just kind of got to listen to new stuff so yeah no no but definitely go go find leon's work um 
And yeah, man, well, uh, please come back again sooner next time. Uh, we should do this more often. And uh, any last thoughts? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, have, I think I, I'm just, I'm all out of thoughts. Okay, me too. Uh, that's yeah. good. That means we can just like, we can, when you're out of thoughts, you just power down for the night. Is that? Yeah, absolutely. That's generally, okay, cool. Excellent. Great. Uh, <laughs> all right, man. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, man. Hey, thanks for listening to No Cartridge. If you'd like to support us further, please consider going to patreon.com slash nocartridge or for a one-time donation, paypal.me slash hegelbon, H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. It's really, really helpful for all of us to be able to support uh, the many people who make the show, uh, you know, myself included, but also our producers and various co-hosts um, and, and writers and artists. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, share, any of those things that would let other people get the quality video game analysis that you've grown accustomed to.